0: for amazing grace amen it's the grace of God that we're here amen let me talk to you just a little bit while they're bringing out the uh, pulpit about the dream team fair that's happening out in the lobby I want you to make sure that you stop by and visit those tables you know I had there's an old saying I live by that I made up And that's that it's, it's good to have some help, but it's better to be some. You know, <clears throat> the, the scripture said that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so what we're asking you to do is give of yourself. And I know that life is busy and it seems like we don't hardly have enough time to even talk to each other. You know, we get, we get to running and going, but what we're asking you to do is to pray about volunteering. And even if it's just one Sunday every other month, then that gives you, you know, it doesn't put a strain on you. And what it does is it helps us build a team that will effectively be able to minister to our children. How many of you want your children ministered to? Amen. Uh, They do a great job ministering uh, back there. We, We have a curriculum that's so easy that all you, I mean, it's just, you just follow the steps. They're going to have it on the table today for you to go to look at. So we're asking you to prayerfully consider about that. That's the, the big need is in the uh, primary from, I think, six to 11 years old where they teach there. I would go in there and teach in there, but I, I need to be in here. So I need you to volunteer. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, uncle Sam. It's got nothing to do with this. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Also, there's all kinds of, there's a new, we've got one out called uh, Illinois Youth Center, which Danny, stand up if you would. Danny is, uh, he's serving as temporary chaplain. Give him a big hand at uh, the Illinois Youth Center. So that's given us a door of opportunity to be able to go in and minister there. They have to do a background check. Eddie Williams is going to be going over there with me. I just thought I'd let you know that. And uh, <laughs> we, we plan to go over and do some ministry. We've got, some, we, we've got plans for the future. We're going to try and put on a Christmas concert for those uh, young people. So we want to take teams in and be able to minister there. We've also got Angel Tree coming up. We've got hope. Give me some hope. <laughs> uh, that's, and and there are all types of ways that you can get involved you know if every there used to be a saying that if every little will do their little little by little we get a whole lot done and uh that's what we're believing for so turn around and say just give a little all right also pirate pizza. anybody in here like pizza two people. I want to remember that the next time I order pizza. And if I see you reaching for it, okay. Uh, We're doing this. We're inviting the whole church out for it. It's kind of like a kickoff for the back to school. The kids, we've got a special introductory rate. You've heard Kat talk about it from from 18 and under. They're normally $12. We're going to let them go for $6. The church is going to take care of the rest of that. The adults $12. So if you think you're good at skee-ball, Just see Cat, and she'll set you up to play me, okay? (laughs) We're going to have a good time. We want everybody to come out and join us there. How many of you are up past 10 o'clock? Wave your hand if you stay up past 10. Stand up if you're up past 10. Just stand up real quick if you're up past 10. Okay, I expect to see you at Pirate Pete's. All right. (laughs) Hey, we're glad (laughs) you're here. You know, nothing electronically has been working today for me. Okay. We've got uh, some special events coming up before long, not just in the church, but even in the, the holiday season, we've got one that's called Thanksgiving. Everybody say thankful. Let me read a scripture for you, and then I'm going to get started but Abraham replied this is in Genesis 15 verses 2 to 6 but Abraham replied "O so sovereign Lord what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son since you've given me no children Eliezer of Damascus a servant in my household will inherit all my wealth you've given me no descendants of my own so one of my servants will be my heir then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who, you, who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord. Everybody say believed. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word God, that it's forever settled in heaven. God, settle it in our hearts and in our lives now. Let us see, God, what you have for us, and we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. When Thanksgiving rolls around, we're going to be sitting at a table, and you'll hear a conversation that sounds something like this. Pass the turkey, please. Uh, Please pass those mashed potatoes. Could I have the gravy, please? Could could I have some of that pumpkin pie? Yes, thank you. Thank you. You can keep that hominy on your side of the table. You see, there's a lot of things that are going to be being passed over the holidays. And the truth is there are some things we don't want passed to us. How many of you love Brussels sprouts? How many of you hate Brussels sprouts? <laughs> See what I'm talking about? There's some people that, that, that want it passed to him and others that are saying, you can keep it on your side of the table. I don't even want that here. Abraham received a promise. The promise wasn't made by man. It was made by God. And the promise that God made Abraham was he said, I'm going to make you great. He said, I'm going to make your name great and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to cause all the nations of the earth to be blessed by you. How many of you think that's a pretty big promise? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Three people. I mean, if I came in here today and I told you, hey guys, I don't believe in playing the lottery, but I played it last week, won $10 million and I'm going to pay the church off. See what I'm talking about? (laughs) Here, what we got is a promise that will change the world. And sometimes we don't get it. Everybody say it's a big promise. And I got to thinking about that. So, my message, the title of my message today is Pass the Promise, please. Would you say that with me? Pass the Promise, please. You know, there's a lot of things that we pass to one another. Come cold season, we pass our germs. Sometimes we pass our attitude to one another. We pass anger. We pass frustration. We pass fears to each other. I've got, uh, my mom was always, you know, she drove 55 miles an hour no matter where she was going. And she, but, and, and so I've got a sister that drives 55 miles an hour no matter where she's going. I've got a nephew that, you know, he, he was a young man but not in his head. And so even when he was 18, 20 years old, when he got on the interstate, he's driving 55 miles per hour. Why? Because fear has been passed. No, no, he's an 18-year-old boy. And no, I can't get out and drive after dark because, you know, I don't want to be out after dark. Fear being passed him. Man, when I was 18, I loved it when the stars came out. (laughs) I, are are, we've got doubts that are past. So there's a lot of stuff that gets past that we don't even want. How many of you have ever had something passed to you that you didn't want? Did you ever get a Christmas gift you didn't want? I saw you nodding your head back there, Jasmine. (laughs) Just a heads up for you, Paul, that's all. You ever, you, you, you get something you don't want. My parents used to get me clothes at, and don't take this wrong. I was a kid then. My parents would get me clothes at Christmas time, and it would frustrate me to no end. I thought, you don't give clothes to a kid? Haven't you read Children 101. You, you know, that, that's not something I want passed to me at Christmas time. I want a toy passed to me. I, I want something that, that, that it, it gets me excited to pass to me. So here's Abraham that gets this promise passed to him and he starts living his life out. Everybody say, and time passes by. How many of you realize that you're older today than you were yesterday? How many of you realized that all at once? You know what I'm talking about? How many of you felt like age snuck up on you? You looked in the mirror one day. In my head, I was 29 years old, and I looked in the mirror and wanted to take a hammer to it. I thought, man, what is wrong? What's going on? What happened? Where did this gray come from? Where did this come from? Where did where did that 11 in the middle of my forehead come from? <laughs> and, and so it just, felt, it just felt like it got passed to me and I wasn't ready for it. Everybody said, no, I don't want that. And so time passes by and Abraham's got a promise, but he's got no substance. The Bible said that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, you can have substance before you see it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not the things that are possessed, but the things that are hoped for. But how many of you know that after a while, sometimes you just get tired? You get weary. How many of you ever get tired of picking up after your spouse? You know, I just get so tired of that. <laughs> Probably ought to reverse that. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, you get, you get tired of things. And Abraham is getting up in years now. And he's looking around him. And he knows in his heart that there's been a promise spoken to him but he can't see in his wildest imagination how it's going to happen because I've got no one to pass the promise to. The promise that I got wasn't about just me. The promise that was spoken over us was about just not us but it was about our children and our children's children. And so Abraham's thinking, how can this happen when I'm still fruitless? I've got nothing. And so he goes to God and he says, God, I, can I put it in plain vernacular? He goes, God, I don't get it. I mean, you spoke something over me, but here I am. I've got no kid. Eliezer is my servant. He's going to end up getting everything I've got. I'm up in years. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got no son. What, what, How is this going to take place? And sometimes it's easy to start looking at where you're at and think that's where you're going to stay. But what God does is he challenges Abraham to look beyond where he's at to where God has called him to go. And he tells him, he said, I want you to come out here. He said, no, Eleazar is not going to be your heir. Step out here with me a minute, Abraham. Now you look up in the sky and start counting the stars if you can because I'm telling you that the promise that I've passed to you is going to come to a purpose. It's going to, be a, it's going to come to pass in your life regardless of what it looks like right now. Turn to look at your name and say, Pass the promise, please. You ever been at a table eating corn on the cob and somebody's hogging the salt? You wanna share that? Is that your salt, your personal salt shaker? Did you bring that to this party? Why do you want salt? Because it brings Flavor. flavor. Do you know that in the Old Testament you couldn't offer a sacrifice to God unless it had salt on it? I'm telling you the truth. Study it. It had to have salt on it. Why? Because of what it symbolized. What it represents. Salt brings flavor and salt preserves things. What God is trying to communicate to us is his promise is sure. No matter what it looks like right now. Everybody say, I want the promise. Abraham desperately wanted to be able to pass his promise to the family. But the promise... That never comes without testing. And so he has to pass a test. How many of you know you can't get out of school without passing a test? At least you're not supposed to be able to get out of school without passing a test. You remember, I don't even know if they still do this. You remember civics? You remember when you had to pass a test in civics so you couldn't get out of the eighth grade? Do they still do that? You remember when you had to pass the, the you know, the they, they I, I, my I, there was a week in school that I hated. And it was that week where they brought out the SAT tests. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's the first time Danny got excited. <laughs> they brought out the SAT tests and all week long, you're, you're in there taking tests. Now, look, I had some friends. God is my witness. I had some friends and what they did, they'd make a racetrack on the SAT test, they, they put it out and they put a mark here and a mark there. And then they go across like this and they, 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 they weren't even reading the answer or they weren't even reading the questions. They were just marking. They didn't care. But how many of you know that you ought to care? You, you, you ought to care enough to want to pass the test. And so Abraham's gone all this time. And finally at a hundred years old, he's got his boy. How many of you would be excited if you had a baby at 100? <laughs> I'd be excited if you guys had a baby at 100 too. A <laughs> hundred years old and they have, a, he, he has his baby. And then time passes on and what happens? The test comes. And he said, Abraham, I want you to take your Son, your only son, Isaac, to a mountain that I'm going to show you. Now, let me just say this to you Abraham had his mountain, and we're going to have ours. You're not going to get through life without facing your mountain. And what you do on top of that mountain is going to determine whether or not there's a promise for you to pass when you come off of it. So when Abraham's going up to it, he looks at the servants around him and he said, me and my boy are going to the top of this mountain and we will come back. What's he saying? He's saying the God that made me the promise is big enough to keep it. And I don't care what happens between now and then God is going to keep his word. Remember that song that they came out with? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. It was a gospel song that came out. What are you saying? I'm saying sometimes that's the way you feel. You feel like that you're trapped, that you, you know, you got folks over here that, you know, are making fun of you. They're clowns, people over here that are, that are messing with you. They're jokers and you're stuck right in the middle. The problem is, is when we're focusing on the clowns instead of on God, when we're focusing on the problem instead of the answer, when we're focused on the mountain instead of the mountain maker. Abraham didn't do it. I don't know how he kept himself together, but he went up that mountain and when his little boy said, we've got the wood and the fire, but where's the lamb? Abraham knew what he had to do, and yet Abraham was able to keep it together. He doesn't fall apart. He doesn't say, God, how can you be asking me to do this? He looks at that boy, and he said, God will provide himself a lamb. Uh, what was he doing? He was saying, I had a promise. I, I never thought it was going to happen. Uh, but at 100 years old, you came into my life. Uh, and the God that caused that to happen uh, is going to cause you to come off of this mountain with me uh, because they're not a devil in hell big enough. Bad enough, rough enough for God's stuff enough to keep us from the promise that's been passed. Everybody say it with me. Pass the promise, please. So he comes off of that mountain. And the scripture said that he believed God, and God counted it to him for righteousness. He believed. He didn't know how, he didn't know when, he just believed. Somebody say, sometimes all you can do is believe. The only way we come off that mountain with our promise is to believe God, to keep our focus on God. Just ask Joseph. God made Joseph a promise and he was confirming the promise to him through his dreams. Any of you ever have a dream before? How many of you ever had a dream that came from God? How many of you ever had a dream that came from Pizza Hut? We've had them both, haven't we? I've had dreams that I know came from God and I had dreams that I know didn't. (laughs) But those dreams that come from God, God's trying to communicate something to us. So Joseph has got these dreams. And, and, and when he got that dream from God, he figured everybody would be excited about it. So he runs and tells his brothers, said, man, I had this dream where we were bundling up wheat. And, and my bundle stood up and your, your bundles all bowed down to it. Woo! Nobody got excited. <laughs> except Joseph. He couldn't figure out why his brothers weren't happy about that. Matter of fact, then he came back and he said, hey, I had another dream, guys. The sun, the moon, and the 11 stars all bowed down before me. Isn't that great? High five. <laughs> no, they, they didn't think it was great. The scripture said they hated him for it. As a matter of fact, when they see him they coming, they, his dreams are causing his brothers to reject him. Everybody say, rejected because of dreams. You could say it this way, rejected because of a promise. How many of you, when you embrace God, had some friends that rejected you? Why are, they, why are they rejecting you? Because you've now just become something a part of something that they're not a member of. They could be, but they choose not to be. And so now you feel like you're out there soloing. Just I have to make it all by myself, but how many of you know you're never alone? His brothers didn't understand that the source of Joseph's dream was God. So they plot against him. They look up and they see him coming to check on him, and they they, they were away from home, and they said, here comes this dreamer. Let's take him and kill him and throw him into some pit, and then we'll see what happens to his dreams. I want you to hear this next part. Because when you attempt to destroy someone else's dreams, you're destroying your own. I want to say it again. When you attempt to destroy someone else's dreams... You're destroying your own. Without Joseph's dreams, they have no hope. The fulfillment of Joseph's dreams would save their lives and the lives of their families. And they didn't realize it. So if they're successful in killing Joseph, they're actually killing themselves. Are you with me? Do you get this? Are you connecting the dots? Joseph is sent by God to preserve a nation, to preserve his family because God knows famine's coming. So he sends Joseph ahead of them, but nobody knows that's what the dream means. And so the brothers that are trying to kill him to keep his dreams from happening— are the very ones that are going to end up paying the price if they're successful in doing it. Let me just say it to you this way. You can't reach out and try and hurt someone else without hurting yourself. You can't attack what God's trying to do in someone's life and not end up hurting your own life in the process. So you've got to just look up and say, pass the dream, please. I want to be a part of it. I want to see it happen. I I, I want to see it happen in my life. And that's why, you, you know, you've heard Joyce Myers all the time talking about, you know, she was praying for a fur coat. I mean, there's a lot of things I could pray for, but a fur coat isn't one of them. But she was praying for a fur coat. She wanted a fur coat. And And all of a sudden, no fur coat was coming. And she said that her her friend came over to her house and knocked on the door and walked in and said, "Do you see this new fur coat that God blessed me with? And, And boy, she got mad. And she said, I was looking at that and saying, God, that's my fur coat. That woman's got on my fur coat. I think she wanted to throw her down the floor and rip it off of her. That's my fur coat. How many of you have ever felt that way? You know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden you're after something and instead of you getting it, somebody else gets it. And you think, I can't believe this is happening. I mean, I know I'm more spiritual than those people are. I pray more. I, you think I'm kidding? I was preaching a revival in a general Baptist church and the pastor's daughter got filled with the Holy Ghost. True story. He came, he came to her And she's trying to explain it. She's she's saying, and her dad looked at her and said, are you trying to tell me that you got something I don't have? I know I read my Bible more than you. I pray more than you do. There's no way you got something I don't have. Can I explain something to you? That's why it's called grace. It's not about something you earned. It's about something you get hungry for and say, pass the promise, please. And so all of a sudden now, these boys that are trying to shut him down and shut him off, their future hangs on Joseph's dreams, and they don't even realize it. Now, in chapter 37 of Genesis, Joseph is rejected and sold. In chapter 39, Joseph is impri- he's enslaved and imprisoned. Say chapter 37, chapter 39, and here I am stuck in the middle with you. Everybody say chapter 38. When you read chapter 38, when you first read it, you, the, the first thought in your head is, what, what's this story doing here? It doesn't fit. It's like, what's this about? Why, why did they insert this story in between, Joseph's story is because it's communicating something. It's not about Joseph's dream. It's about God's promise to all of us. And chapter 38 tells a story about Judah. And let me just remind you, Judah's the one that suggests they sell Joseph. Joseph. It tells the story about Judah getting married, and he's got three kids Er, everybody say Er, er. Onan, oh, and Shelah. That's a boy. And so he, he's married, you know, his, his boy, he has these three boys, they grow up, and then he goes and he finds a wife for Er. How many of you'd like to find a wife for your children? <laughs> you wouldn't raise your hand if it was the truth right now. <laughs> How many of you like to find a husband for your children? <laughs> they some smart parents in here. You can come and talk to me after service. I know you really want to. But. So he, he finds a husband, or he finds a wife for Ur. Her name's Tamar. Everybody say Tamar. Now what happens is Ur is a bad boy. Everybody say a bad boy. Matter of fact... The term bad boy doesn't even describe it. Ur is a wicked man. Everybody say wicked. I want you to think of every vile thing you've ever heard about somebody doing. And if you looked up in the Webster's definition, you'd find Ur's name by it. Because the Bible said that Ur was such a wicked man That God took his life. I thought about that. I thought about, man, I've seen some folks do some rough stuff. I've seen some people, I've read about some people doing some stuff and they're still living. And I thought, what kind of guy was this? That he got so wicked that God just snuffed his life out. And so Ur's gone. And Tamar is left childless. And so the practice was then that if your brother died and left his wife childless, you had to marry her and then you would go in unto her and you would have a baby by her, but that baby would be counted as your brother's. So Onan is instructed by Judah, go fulfill the duty For your brother and, and, and take Tamar and marry her and have a baby by her so it can be your brothers. And Onan goes in, everybody say, for a good time. I want you to listen to me. The Bible said that they went in, he had relations with her. But right before she was getting ready to conceive, the Bible said that he spilled it on the ground. And God took his life. Why? Because God's not interested in you just having a good time. He wants fruit from our lives. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, we need some fruit. Sometimes we come to church and all it's about is about how I feel and and did it did it did it get me excited and did I like the way the service went and and how was the sound and man it's too hot up here and man it's too cold back there and my goodness what is wrong with those worshipers don't they know that they're too loud what's wrong with the musicians don't they know that they're too soft what's wrong with that pastor can't he get it worked out No! (laughs) It's not about a good time. It's about fruit. And when the Lord saw what Onan had done, he took his life. So now here's Tamar. Let me borrow you, Tamar. I mean, baby. So here's Tamar, and Judah looks at Tamar, and he said, Look, you go on back home to your daddy and stay there and, and be a widow until my other boy gets old enough to marry you. So he sends her off and he's going, man, there ain't no way I'm letting my third boy marry her. This woman's a death trap. It's the truth, that's what he thought. He's thought he has no intention of giving Sheila to her because he's afraid that he's gonna to die too. He's looking at her and thinking all of his problems have got to do with her. Everybody say, it's her fault. Everybody say, where did the preacher go? <laughs> he went to get what the prop man was supposed to bring. That's where he went. <laughs> so it's, it's her fault. How many of you have ever felt like you were rejected? Anybody ever felt rejected? Remember that song about just an old lump of coal? You got people around you rejecting you, pounding on you. Everybody say, man, pounded steak. Pounding on you. You know, and, and, and you've got a dozen hands trying to mold you and shape you and fashion you the way they want you. Debbie made a Abraham Lincoln head out of this stuff one time. I saw her staring at me across the house. True story. She was checking out my nose. Her mom told her that Lincoln's nose was too big. Oh, the ears. She was checking out my ears. What do I know about it? She was checking out my, so she's studying my ears. She... Got so wrapped up true. in trying to make Lincoln out of this that she ended up spending more time with him than she was with me. You ever been jealous? <laughs> A hundred and fifty year old man. She, I, she, I, I, I go to bed. She wasn't there. She's in there with him. <laughs> True story. She's she and then all of a sudden yeah, I, I hear a gasp of exasperation. And she had her back was hurting so bad. She she put her neck. What was it? But all of it. All of it was hurting. <laughs> she got one of those one of those heat pad things, you know, that you hit. It's got liquid in it. She had it up against her. <laughs> 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 True story. It burns her. <laughs> 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 she, she's fashioned his ear. She makes the perfect ear. You know, she's, she's trying to figure it out. She sliced his ear off. Because he, she needed to move his nose around. No, I need to move the ear back to where it belongs. Okay, she had his ear in the back of his head. No. She had to bring it around to where it belonged. I don't know what was going So she, she cuts, she slices it off. She's so careful because she's made the perfect ear. She came in and looked at mine. Your ears are weird. No, she didn't say that. She didn't say- so she's making the perfect ear. Took her six months, three months. Look at that. Took me five second, five minutes. Tell me that ain't an ear. She's got it laid on the table, and she's fashioning the head, and she reaches down for some clay. She clumps it up in her hand when she gets it. She puts it back on the head, and then she starts looking for the ear. She had just reached down and grabbed the ear that she had painstakingly worked on, mistook it for just another lump of clay, and squashed it up, stuck it on the side of his head. And that's what you get for not spending enough time with your husband. (laughs) Give her a hand. What What I'm saying is this is, if we're not careful, we will drive ourselves crazy trying to let people fashion us. There's only one hand that you really need to let get a hold of you. And that's the hand of God. I want you to take a look at this Mount mountain, Mount Rushmore. That's not clay. That's rock. I could... I could sleep inside Washington's nose. The nose is huge. Well, I don't know if it's hollowed out in there or not. Probably not. But the nose is bigger than I am. And a guy did that with dynamite. Blew it out of the side of that mountain. Isn't that amazing? What do you think God could do? What do you think God could do with your life if you just let him? You need to look at your neighbor and say, pass the promise, please. So here is Tamar over here. She's been totally forgotten, abandoned, uh, left to be a widow. Judas got a promise and he's about to sabotage his own promise and he doesn't even know it. You remember Judah is told that he, is, he will be the lion of the tribe of Judah. That that's where Christ is going to come from. But what's he do? He's trying to make his own way. He's trying to fashion his own walk. And so he puts Tamar over there and he says, I'm not giving her Sheila, She finds out what's going on. It's past time. She should have already been married to that boy. So Judah takes off to go shear a sheep. She dresses up, puts a veil over her face. Judah comes by, thinks she's a prostitute, and said, How much? This is in the Bible, folks. I'm not making this up. You ought to read it sometime. (laughs) Says, How much? And she looks at her and he, 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 he said, He said, Oh, look, I'll give you a kid from the flock. And he said, Well, what will you give me until then? He said, well, I'll give you my signet ring and and I'll give you my staff because they they symbolize who I, that's what she asked for. He he said, what do you want? He said, give me your signet ring and give me your staff. And so he gives them to her. They go in, another relationship, but this relationship produces a baby. Three months later, he finds out that Tamar is pregnant. You know what he did he said bring her out here so we can burn her isn't it amazing how hard we can be on others (laughs) bring bring her out here so we can burn her they go to get her and he she says here take this to him and she sends his ring and his staff with a note that says i'm pregnant by the man that owns these. And when Judas saw it, he dropped his head and said, She's been more righteous than I have. He never had relations with her again. And she's left with her children and would just be a byword of history had it not been that the promise just got passed. Sometimes a promise will come in ways you never expected it. Sometimes your greatest trial becomes your biggest victory. Sometimes your biggest nightmare gives birth to your greatest dream. And so she's struggling and she has, she's got twins in her. The Bible said when she started to give birth, all of a sudden one of those boys shoved his hand out of the birth canal, and, and the midwife tied a scarlet thread on it. His name was Zara, means to rise up. And, and, and so she tied a scarlet thread around his wrist. and, and But then all, he, he didn't come out. And instead, he, his hand disappears. And all of a sudden, his brother comes out. And the midwife is standing there looking and going, what what in the world just happened? How, how did you do that? And she called him Perez, which means to break forth. Now, let me tell you, there's always been a struggle within us. There's always a man of the flesh that's trying to rise up but there's a spiritual man that wants to break out and sometimes you've got to make up your mind I'm done wrestling with the flesh you're not going to get ahead of me this time and pull that rascal back down and let God fulfill the promise that he's made in your life turn around look at your neighbor and say it's time to break out if you'll study the genealogy of Christ, guess whose name shows up in it? Not Sheila. Not the son that Judah was trying to protect, but the son that Judah almost destroyed. Perez shows up in the genealogy connected to Christ. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you've been through. There's a God that's able to get you through. It doesn't matter. You may, you may have felt rejected, and people may have felt like made you feel like you don't count, but you need to understand that God has got a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. Would you stand with me? Amen. Lee Strobel tells a story of a Korean that after, after the Korean War, there's this Korean woman that has an affair. This true story had an affair with an American soldier. She became pregnant. He left and went home, and she was left there. In Korea, if you have a mixed child they're horrendous to that child. As a matter of fact, the rejection is so bad that most of the time, the mothers will kill the children so they don't have to face the rejection. But this mother refused to do that. This mother nurtured this little girl and raised her as best she could until she was seven years old. But at seven years old, the rejection came so bad that the mother did the unthinkable. and She took her daughter out and abandoned her to the streets of Korea at seven years old. The town people ruthlessly taunted this girl. They belittled her. They called her the ugliest name in the Korean language, Tuki, which meant alien devil. For the next two years on the street, she got a steady diet of you're unloved, you're unwanted, and you have no value. Finally, Tuki found an orphanage she went into the orphanage and one day, word came that an American couple was coming to adopt a little boy. And everybody in the orphanage was excited because they knew that at least one little boy's hopes were about to come to pass and he was going to have a home. So Tukey got busy and she bathed the little baby boys and she combed their hair and she wondered which one of these would the couple choose and take home with them. She told her story and she said, when they came, the man was so big and he, he reached down with his huge hands and he picked up every baby boy and he held them and, and loved them. He, he said, I knew that, he said, I, I, I saw tears streaming down the side of his face and he said she said I knew That they loved everyone and if it were possible that they would have taken all of them home with them He said and then the man Caught a glimpse of me out of the corner of his eye And she said let me tell you I was nothing to look at I was nine years old I weighed 30 pounds. My body was full of worms. My hair was full of lice. I was covered with boils and I had scars all over me." he said when he turned and he looked at me, he walked over to where I was and he started jabbering something in English and said all of a sudden he took that big hand and he he covered my face with it and and he… looked at them and he said, I want this girl. This girl will be our daughter. We're taking this girl home with us. And for the first time in that young girl's life, she felt loved. She felt wanted. She knew that a promise had been made to her and that promise was kept. And they took that little girl home and she became a part of their family. Amen. My friend, God has made us a promise today. Amen. You say, What well, I've, I, you know, he, he couldn't possibly understand what I feel like. He, he couldn't possibly know what it's like to, to be rejected. Isaiah 53 and 3 says that he was despised and rejected a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way, and he was despised, and we did not care. Others may look the other way, but God never will. <laughs> you can reach up and say, pass the promise, please, because he did make one. John 3 16. God so loved you and you and you and you that He gave His only begotten Son. That if you believe in Him, you get life ever lasting life turn around and look at your neighbor and say i want that life i want that life it's it's his promise and it's been passed to you he has a purpose and a plan for your life so lay hold of the promise and let the journey begin would you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now if you're in this place and you don't know Him. It's not enough that you come to church. It's not enough that you're faithful on the pew. You're the only one that can answer this question. Have you said yes? Have you surrendered your heart? Have you said, please, pass the promise to me? If you haven't, you can right now. And it's as easy as this saying, Lord, would you just repeat it with me? Lord, here I am. I'm a sinner. And I need you. Please forgive me. Receive me right now. I believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead. And I ask right now for you to become my Lord and Savior, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give him a big hand clap of praise right now? If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, things have changed. But now, listen to me. Because a lot of times we've already prayed that prayer, but we're in a struggle, we prayed that prayer and we still wrestle with the fact that we don't believe we have worth and we don't believe we have value somebody says something to us that makes us feel like we don't count someone says something mean to us and we are left feeling broken but I'm telling you that God's made you bigger than that he's made you stronger than that Little things can't take you out because there's a God that holds you up. So if you're in this place today and you've got a need, we serve a God that can answer that need no matter what it is. You may be struggling with finances and yet he's promised you. He said, I'll open up the windows of heaven And pour out to you a blessing you can't contain. If you'll just believe. You may be struggling with your health. And yet he's promised you, I'm the Lord God that healeth thee. Peter watched a Roman whip rip the flesh off of his back. And so he wrote in his epistle, by his stripes, we were price the work is done healing belongs to us and you can have it today pass the promise please you may wrestle with depression and despair you know he said I came that you could have life and have it more abundantly not depressed not down and out but you could have joy unspeakable and full of glory pass the promise please no matter what it is you're facing he's the supply if you'll just believe so as they sing this song right now I'm going to ask prayer partners to come I'm going to give you an opportunity if you're here and you've got a need would you just come up right now and we want to pray for your need we know that God is more than able oh stretch your hands to heaven you know the good thing about prayer is we're not the ones in answer God is and the thing about our needs is sometimes our needs they overwhelm us but they don't overwhelm God. you've never had a situation that made God wring his hands and wonder what he was going to do for you God knows exactly how everybody say it with me I believe I believe. Oh, help
1: yeah. yeah. me yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: to navigate life we come to church and for a few moments we try and usher his presence in so we can navigate the next week I'm telling you you don't have to go week from week you can experience him day in and day out all you have to do is reach up and call on him just let him be God to you this week stretch your hands I want to pray for you today father I thank you for this body of believers God I ask you Lord to go before them now equip and empower them to be your ambassadors use them as they go forward when an obstacle arises let them shout grace to it and make that mountain become a plain Thank you, Father, that you're always with us, that you're making the way, even when it seems like there isn't one. God, now go before them in power and in strength. Save their families. Perform miracles in their lives and cause us to become a voice in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. Remember in the lobby to go by and look at the tables. There's a place where you can get involved. You've got a gift. You've got a purpose. Let God use it. We love you today. God bless you. In Jesus' name.